0: So, this morning, I'm going to be continuing our series, um, Expectation Versus Reality. And we've had a great start to the series. Um, Last week, Pete talked about the power of perspective and how, you know, having God's perspective can really influence um, our lives and what we're seeing. Um, And I just want to continue this morning. And my message this morning is going to be about believing in the battle, so the question we're going to answer today as we go through this morning is that how do, we, how do we have faith? How do we stay strong? We're in the middle of a battle or a trial or a conflict or whatever we're facing. And I believe there's a particular story in the Bible that um, is a really good one to look, that I want to look at this morning. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. But if you don't have your Bibles, it's all good. We're gonna have the, it's gonna come up on the screen. But just to give a little bit of context before we dive into this part of the story, we have Israel, who are God's people, known as the Israelites. They have a king. Then we've got the Syrians over here. They've got a king, and they were trying to make war and come against Israel. Um, and there was also at this time a prophet with the Israelites he was a prophet and he was getting insight from God. He could actually, was getting downloads of what the enemies were planning. And so he was able to tell the king of Israel saying, okay, the Syrians are going to do this because I've heard, God's given me insight to hear what they're saying. And so the king of Syria is like, what is going on? How on earth do the Israelites know what we're doing? How do they know what we're planning? How is this happening? And so when he when they inquired, they, it was found out that they were getting their information through um, Elijah the prophet. So they were like, the king of Syria is like, right, let's find out where he is and let's go get him. So they f- found out where he was and they come against him. And this is where we're going to start the story in chapter, uh, sorry, verse 14 of chapter 6. It says, therefore he, now that he is the king of Syria, sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God, now the man of God here being referred to here as Elisha, arose early and went out. And there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to the words of Elisha. Now, when I read this story... I quite often relate to the servant of Elisha, you know, you come up, all this stuff's in front of your face, you're like, what do we do? How many times do you ask when you're in the middle of a trial or a problem or something and something's right in front of you, you're like, what do we do? And I think back to a, um, a battle that we as a church were actually facing four years ago There was a young lady in our community who had been diagnosed with a brain tumour and was given a few weeks to live. In desperation, she'd actually heard about a healing service in Sydney and so her and her family went to that service and she walked in with patchy vision and being um, unable to walk because of the tumour. She got prayed for in that service and walked out completely fine, like she could see, she could walk. God had done a miracle. And while the doctors had confirmed that the tumour had dramatically reduced in size, it was still there. Now this woman who was actually probably, you know, wasn't really attending a church regularly but knew that there was a God had had a boost in her faith and so she actually started attending this church regularly. Um, I met her and um, developed a friendship with her and her family, and we as a church continued to rally around this woman and pray for her, um, as the tumour was still affecting her, um, and so we rallied around her to pray for her. After a few months, her health started to decline, and I sort of somehow just became a part of a prayer group that developed just to pray pray specifically for this woman um we often spent trips going over to her house um we would meet any needs that she had we would just we were there with her in the battle and sometimes um it's not even you that might be going through the battle but it's like god enlists you to help fight their someone else's battle and this is what i felt like when i was in that that situation it wasn't my health on the line but I, it's like god had enlisted me to help fight their help them fight the battle with them and so i felt like it was a very became a very personal battle for me and so it just and it got to the point her health rapidly declined and it got to the point where we just found it just felt like we got to the point where we were in the heat of the battle the doctors had not given a good diagnosis family and friends were speaking and agreeing with the worst outcomes and even well-meaning church members were saying things to us as a prayer group saying you are wasting your time praying for her. Now I don't know about you but sometimes when you're in those situations where it just can feel like every possible force that's trying to come against you is against you. I don't know if anyone's been in one of those situations where you just feel like you can literally see every force coming against you and that's what I felt like in that moment and that's what I felt like Elijah's servant was in this moment where he's like oh my goodness we are here and all I can see is the lineup of stuff in front of me now we all have battles and I don't know there might be someone in this room right now and you're wrestling with a battle you might be wrestling with an addiction that you just feel like you can't get free of you might have a diagnosis you don't might have a fear that just keeps plaguing you you might have financial issues you might even have conflict within a, a relationship that's just wearing you thin we all have battles and sometimes things can just seem completely overwhelming and hopeless at at points but i really believe that we can we can pull some some points out of this story in Second Kings, that can help us to stay strong and have faith. We're in the middle of these battles. So the first point um, we can draw out of this situation, uh, sorry, out of this Bible story here is ask for help. In, um, in that verse, you know, the seven goes, what do we do? Quite often, that's the easy part. We go, what do we do? And it's at this point we need to just turn and ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. In Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call unto me and I will answer you. This is God talking. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. God is encouraging us to call on him, to to ask him. No question is too hard for God. (laughs) And, And you know what? The good thing is, he's like, yep, ask me. And I've got all the answers that nobody else knows. I've got the answers. And um, you know, it's not even just people. We can we can ask God for help, but there's all we can also ask other people for help as well. Asking the right people for help is also a benefit for us. You know, they can they can help be a listening ear. Sometimes all we need is a listening ear when we're going through stuff. They can offer advice. They can help um, even meet a practical need. Sometimes it's just nice, to, you know, when our emotions are like all over the place, just to have someone to listen and, you know, process as we we share our our, our struggles and our the things that we're facing. And I know many times when I was in that battle, when we were f- um, with the woman with cancer, we were, as we were praying for her, so many times we hit so many walls. It's like, okay, well God, what do we do now? What do we do? And and so many times and. I would say every time he answered, even if it wasn't straight away, whether he just gently prompted me to pray on the inside, just gently prompted me to pray, or I'd even sometimes have a song pop into my head, like a worship or a, a praise song, and I'd pop it on, and, and, and I would feel God's presence just instantly come around me. Like, so many times God has the answers, and he can just gently pop them in here so that we know what to do. So I encourage you, if you've got stuff going on let's ask god for help let's ask others for help the second point i want to point out, um pull out of this um this this story here is um deal with fear in verse 16 it's elijah, elijah Elisha answered so he answered do not fear for the for those who are with us are more than those who are with them So basically what he's saying is we're on the winning team here. I know what you can see going on, but we're on the winning team. And fear can be debilitating and crippling if we don't deal with it. Um, In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That verse there, if you want to take out the word them and just insert whatever problem you've got going on, don't be terrified of whatever you've got going on because the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes it can feel, you can feel so alone and that's, we just need to know that God is will never leave us nor forsake us. Another verse I want to look at is in Isaiah 41 verse 13, it says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Now this verse, Isaiah wrote this verse. He was another prophet and he wrote this for Israel. And this verse is very interesting because it would have spoken a lot to the people of Israel at that time because there were some Israelites who had made up their own idols. They'd gone and got some gold and wood and whatever else and they'd made up this thing and stuck it there so that they could worship that. I just think it's the most silliest thing in the world but what they, they would do they'd make these idols and they'd put them there but idols had to be held with pegs to secure the idols so it didn't fall down or sway and God is in this verse going it is me that holds your right hand I'm not the kind of God that needs propping up I'm not the God that needs holding in place because I don't sway and I don't fall over. I'm strong and I'm the one that holds you up. You don't hold me up. I'm not the kind of God that needs holding up. I'm the one that holds you up. I hold your right hand. He's the one that's powerful. And sometimes I feel like when we don't f- deal with fear and we're trying to fix the problem, it's no different to the Israelites trying to prop up idols like we we can sit here and we can try all we can to push through the fear and just be strong and hold up our problem and hope it doesn't fall on top of us but that's not what God wants he wants us to go do you know what Lord here's my right hand can you just hold it please (laughs) we need to give our fears our problems everything to him so that he can deal with it In 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it says, cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. So he's saying, give me your fears, cast them on me, give me all your anxiety right here and give it to me because I care for you and I want to take it from you. Whatever you're holding on to it, I can't move or do anything with it. So our job is to cast it onto God. And when we do that, we see the fulfillment of Isaiah 26, 3, which says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When we give our fears, when we give our problems and the big stuff to him, it says that he will keep us in perfect peace. Perfect peace. then there's also that other little bit that says our mind's got to be stayed on him, our trust has got to be fixed on him. When we have our trust and our minds and we're constantly giving him the fears and giving him the problems, that's when we stay in perfect peace. Um, So the third point I just want to draw out of this, um, if the band would like to join me, is found in verse 17. Elijah prayed and said, Lord... I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Elijah's first request in this situation to God was that his servant would see the whole picture and that's what we need to do. We need to pray for perspective. We need to see ask that God would help us see what he sees because quite often when we get we feel like oh this is my reality when God's going actually nah that's not the real reality so we need, we need to pray that he would open up our eyes that we would see the full picture and the good thing was that when Elisha, Elisha knew that if, his eye, if the eyes of his servant were open, he wouldn't have to try and convince him or persuade him or even try and explain, like, it's okay, God's got this, when he's just sitting there going, oh my gosh, all I can see is horses and chariots here. He prayed that his servant would see things from God's perspective because God's perspective is so so different from ours most of the time we just don't see the full picture and then and quite often when we see the whole picture that's when then God can give us strategies to overcome like in this situation he then goes on and Elijah has this has he just asked that the enemies would be struck with blindness like there you go strategy there you go good he could see what was going on he knew that he had a he was on the the better end of the deal. He was on the winning side and he was like, oh, well, God, you can just strike them with blindness and they overcame and the situation was resolved. They, The peop, the Syrians were then able to be led, like just led wherever the um, Israelites wanted them and then when their, eye, he, their eyes opened eventually and, the, and then they had favour with the Israelites and all was peaceful, all was the whole problem was resolved. Now, before that servant had had his eyes opened, All he saw were horses and chariots of the enemy, which I might add were actually the most sophisticated military instruments in that time. Like they didn't have the little bows and arrows. They didn't have it like, this is like they're bringing out the big guns. It's like bringing out the machine guns, guys. Like it's like this is top shelf military of the time, um, military instruments of the time. But then when uh, the servant's eyes were opened, he was able to see the spiritual army who had chariots of fire? Cha Ching. God's ways always trump. He, God always brings out the best, best things. He brings out the best, best instruments. Anything that's gonna trump, anything that will just trump all the enemy stuff. Like you got chariots of fire. Well, you got chariots and horses? Yeah, well, we got chariots of fire. Come on, bring out the big guns. We're on the winning team. We're just gonna have our eyes open to see that. Now, going back to my story with the lady um, who had cancer. Now, unfortunately, 10 months after the battle of battling cancer, um, she passed away. And I remember when I heard the news, I'll never forget when I got that message on my phone, and I was in shock. I was in shock because to me, that looked like defeat. It just felt like absolute, pure defeat. We had tried to stay strong. We had tried to have faith. We knew that God could do amazing things. But this message just, to me, represented defeat. I even started praying that she'd be raised from the dead. Like, that's how much I was just, I was like... I stayed, with, I stayed um, strong, but after a while... I went for a walk and I actually prayed and I said, God, help me to see what you see in this situation because to me, all I see is defeat. And then in that moment, I had a rush of different pictures that came to my head. I saw this family who before the diagnosis were not working closely to God. Then turn and have their faith strengthened in God. I saw the many, many friends that this lady had brought to church and brought to different events over the 10 months that she was battling, many of whom gave their lives to Christ. I saw my faith grow like I've never had my faith grown ever in 10 months and I watched even the faith of those around me grow so strong and I saw the hundreds upon hundreds of people who came to a funeral like this church was absolutely full the back, there was people squished in like sardines. There were, under the awning, there, was, there were hundreds upon hundreds of people here that came to the funeral and heard the husband and others witness about the strength and love and support of God in that time, about how his life had been transformed, about how his wife's life had been transformed and how she then had a picture to see all of her friends come to Christ because of what she had experienced in that 10 months. How she had seen God move, how she had seen a cancer in her head go from a big lump to a tiny thing in the moment of a few seconds. God had done so much good, so many good things. He had done so much in the lives of people. There are honestly people today that are Christians now because of that experience. And so while all I saw was defeat, God was showing me the victory. God was showing me the victory and all I needed was a change of perspective. All I needed was for my eyes to be open to see of all the amazing good things, all the fruit that had come out of this situation and even though it was just not what I wanted, (laughs) God had done so much. He had done so much. So talk about the power of perspective. So in conclusion, we all go through battles. We do. We all. And it is sometimes very hard to keep keep going in faith. But I encourage you to ask for help, to deal with those fears, keep handing them over to God, let him deal with them, and ask God for his perspective. Because what he sees is so different to us. And what our reality is, is very different to what the real reality is, some t- quite often. And just before I close, I just want to leave you with one more verse, which is Romans 8, verses 31 to 32. What shall we say, that, uh, what then shall we say of the, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall then he not also freely give us all things? If you're a follower of Jesus, you're on the winning team. And you're not alone. You're not alone. And all we need to do is just acknowledge him and let him show us what he sees. So I'd just love it if we just all bowed our heads and closed our eyes right now. There's probably many people in this place, many people in this place that are facing different battles right now. What I want you to do, I want you to picture that you are holding whatever you are facing in your hand right now. It could even be something that you are battling on behalf of someone else. So just like I was battling for that woman with cancer, even though it wasn't me that had the cancer, I was battling for her. You can hold whatever it is that you're facing right now, but I want you to pretend you're holding it in your hand right now. And I'm going to pray. And as we pray together, I want you to literally open up your hand as almost a, a physical action as a sign of like, I'm giving this to you, God. I'm not holding on to this any longer because like it said in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. While ever you're holding on to the problem, God can't move with it. God can't deal with it. We need to then, we need to hold it here and then go, God, I give it to you. I'm not carrying this anymore. So, let's pray and I just want you to just agree with me right now and I want you to literally picture and even physically open up your hand and go God I'm not carrying this anymore so Lord I just thank you so much for every precious life that is here right now that is listening to this message I just pray right now that you see every single problem every single trial every single conflict that is in these in in our laps right now And Lord, we just pray right now, we say we don't want to hold this anymore. We give it to you in Jesus' name. We give this problem, this care, this fear, this anxiety, whatever it is we are carrying, we give it to you, Lord, because we know that you care for us and that God, you, it is you that holds our right hand right now. Whatever problem it is, we just give it to you right now, Lord, as a sign and as we put our trust in in you, that you can fix this problem. We may not be able to fix this problem, but we trust that you can fix this problem. In Jesus' name, we give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen.